Google Maps changed how we escape from uh, our lives. Travel planning used to take much longer. You would have to sit down for weeks. Well, okay, where we are going, what we're doing, and look at the paper maps. When you reach that lady, then uh, turn to the right. I saw a review today of the Norwegian sea, and oh. someone said, nice sea, very salty, five stars. Sometimes people like salty places. Made me thirsty, it was too salty. It would be nice is to be able to time travel and see the pictures from years ago. To recreate how it would have been in the past, like 100 years ago, 500 years ago, 2,000 years ago. The problem is in the future when this start being consumed by AI and how the present looks like and how the past look like. It will be just fake on top of fake. Currently, AI has a lot of problem with like hands and puts in extra fingers. So people in the future may be like, oh, cool times this 2020s. But why did everyone have like six fingers or seven fingers? When did we evolve out of that? And one thing that I think we could build is allow places to live stream mm -hmm. on Google Maps, like what is currently happening there. I'm feature creeping a lot and that's probably not going to happen, might be inappropriate. Usually we have awesome like diversity and inclusion ideas. This one's the opposite. This one is like how to hang out with people exactly like you. Do you think the kids nowadays would be willing to go to a place that is live stream? For me, it's hard to answer. I don't understand the kids nowadays. Click a button and then I'm in a random street view place, like a really vibing place in the world right now. Anyway, I just wanted to drop teleportation into the episode. We haven't done teleportation yet. Imagine like the future, if this, anything like this happened to have the people that are pure and never teleported and then they'll be like, ah, oh, I'm the original four. Teleportation, easy. If I didn't have to worry about, did my soul come with me? In Dragon Ball, definitely it's the same person, so it's fine. Hello everyone and welcome to yet another episode of Feature Creeps, the show where distinguished software engineers talk about software and apps. I'm your host, Johnny, and here's your other host, Joao. Hello everyone, welcome. Welcome to another episode. Welcome, Johnny. Hi, and today we're gonna be using a tool that is very useful for finding out where you are in the world. Joao likes to travel quite a lot. This week is in London again, but last week I think you were in uh, Scandinavia, and I'm not quite traveling as much, so I live vicariously through Joao and Google Maps. <laughs> yeah, traveling everywhere in the world, Google Maps is super useful. In Finland, where we were in the middle of the country and we could use Google Maps easily for directions and everything. So Google Maps changed how we escape from uh, our lives and we see other places, but uh, a big part you touched on is the navigation part. I remember initially when it started, it was saying, don't use this for navigation and don't use this definitely when you're driving, but I did find very early on. I was using it for navigation, I was using it when driving and when walking and cycling and that sort of thing. So I'm sure that had a huge impact on Google Maps success. I think quickly its usefulness became on how easy it is without having a dedicated navigation system like a MapQuest or whatever else we were using back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. It's much easier now than it was before. And it's slightly different to Google Earth, which has like cooler views of what you're seeing, like more 3D views. And interestingly enough, Apple Maps does have this built into their Maps navigation system. But Google Maps is just, here's the 2D version of the world, and let's help you get around from point A to point B. And we have been living with Google Maps since around when it came about. And one of my favorite bits of the podcast is when you take us to World Back in Time, a trip down memory lane. What was the world like back then when Google Maps wasn't a thing and started becoming a thing? We look back in the world in 2005 and a few pics here from what was happening in pop culture and all around. We had Star Wars Episode 3 released on that year. Oh, the last Revenge people trilogy, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, exactly. Big year for Star Wars fans. We had a Green Day's American Idiot. 
an iconic album in music. And we also had intact YouTube being founded in 2005. So as well as Google Maps, YouTube came alive. Nice. And it's a big year for the internet. It's a big year for Web 2.0, which is the essential of Google Maps and YouTube. Nice. And do you remember what it was like going around the places back then? Like I remember with my dad, we did you, we did used to do a bit of boating and selling and that sort of thing. We had like literal maps, like cartography maps and the sections. But going around from place one to be going around for drinks with friends or to a friend's house you'd need to have someone tell you all right you go down that street then you see that mall then on that tree you turn left and i was always terrible with that and i think google maps uh, changed this for me and made me more able to arrive in places on time without getting too lost absolutely the advent of google maps and gps was just life-changing in terms of travel and directions and getting around travel planning used to take much longer you would have to sit down for weeks like okay where we are going what we're we doing and look at paper maps the internet was around 2005 i guess you could find paper maps online but you wouldn't be able to see like live directions or see the map on the spot which makes travel nowadays much easier you just go and just open your maps and then you have like real-time updates of everything back then paper maps information centers asking for strangers for directions on the streets or base your navigation on landmarks as well was, was something you would look and say, oh, it's two streets away from Big Ben and things like that. It was just so much harder to get around. Imagine when I look back when my dad was driving inside Brazil for like 10 hours in the roads, it was just relying on the signaling in the road and, and his knowledge of the, the country and studying the maps before and so he could drive us for many hours without Google Maps or navigation or real-time information of road blockages and things like that. So it was insane if when I look back, but it looks pretty normal back then. Speaking of dance, I remember the pro tip from my dad when uh, he was trying to teach me how to navigate around in the car and putting in landmarks. He was saying, oh, after that huge tree or after this parking lot, then we turn left. And I was like, oh, we can say that after this van, we need to turn left and he needed to explain that no you need to mark things that are going to be there tomorrow and next month you shouldn't base yourself on uh, when you reach that lady then uh, turn to the right many other things changed with google maps such as public transport for example in big cities and most cities nowadays will have the timetables on google maps and real-time updates even so you would have to know your timetable or look at um, online or look somewhere for a like printed timetables of public transport it's crazy. And trying to see opening times of restaurants and places and museums and attractions. It was, you could go into the website, but it was rarely places would have websites created for them. And even if they did, like you said, with the directions, you wouldn't have that easily accessible on your phone even then. So even for map instructions and stuff, you'd be printing out the table that says, all right, at this point, at this marker, you need to turn left or right and then go to three kilometers on uh, this highway and print it out and have your friend on the side tell you now it's time to go left. Now we're always online. We can see those updates in real time and use our own location in real time to know that, oh, it's like in 500 meters we need to turn left we have siri or whoever assistant we're using tell us nicely that it's time to turn when i reflect on that i feel like people would know better directions in general like general knowledge of getting around was better without gps because people had to remember places and had to pass along that knowledge from memory which is now very different you can ask any of my friends if i've gotten better or worse at navigating and getting or receiving or giving directions and i'm sure they'll all say that i've always been abysmal and will forever will be so i do 
love having these crowds of technology at least where if I'm able to get online, then I will be able to reach the place that I'm going to. That was one situation when I was in Stockholm and uh, I hired a bike and my phone ran out of battery and I was cycling to the office in Stockholm. And I, it was my like third day in Stockholm going to the office and I didn't know exactly the direction of how to get there. So I had the options to ask someone, but I was on the bike, I was like, I, I think I can get there because I know the bus number two goes there. So I was just going from bus stop to bus stop, checking out this, the bus number two stops here. So next one until I got to the office. So I just followed the tracks of the bus and I felt like alive. You were in the jungle and you were managing to, we're all high on your survival and nature sex and to manage to figure it out. On the contrary, I do remember going to the office in New York and cycling there. And uh, I was like, it's New York, like it's the US. Everything is easily signed as the 15th and 14th and the 13th. Everything's in the grid. It's easy to go around. Can't mess it up. And indeed, when I, I tried to be brave and not use the navigation to remind me uh, when I need to turn, I did forget and end up a few blocks uh, down and was slightly late in the end. Yeah, but also in general, the times that are defied Google Maps navigation and say, I know better, I'll go that <laughs> way, were all mistakes from me because Google knew better, knew there was a blockage, knew there was something going on that would stop me from going on the route that I thought I knew better. And it's gotten better over time. There were other startups and uh, like dedicated apps like Waze that were specifically made for drivers that would pick up whether there was an accident, something will be slowing down, but Google seems to have absorbed all of this and is able to even correct for how fast I walk. But the one thing it doesn't manage to correct is uh, how slow I cycle. It always expects that uh, I'm going super, super fast. And I think if it's uphill and I'm telling Google that I'm cycling and I'm actually on an electric bike, that's when the time is accurate. But on all other situations, when it thinks I'm on a regular bike and I'm just going downhill, it's like 2x time that uh, I need to, to get there. Maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist on that feature of Google Maps, but I think it shows different times depending on you who is using in terms of walking and cycling. Yeah, I definitely. You can, adapt, yeah. you can even manually say how tall you are or what's your stride and then you can fine tune it. But I think that may be ignored. I think over time it learns that actually it takes you that much time. But for walking, it has improved. For cycling, it never knows. I don't know. It keeps believing that I'm going to get better at cycling. Yeah, maybe it just believes in you. Just cool. trying to push like you. No one else. Push you to beat your times, your own time. So we've talked about uh, a few of the Google uh, features. One week you mentioned but uh, not really, and it's definitely one of my favorite features, is being able to see when some places, establishments are open or not, and by proxy, whether they're any good, how they're rating at Google and that sort of thing. So I think lots of people are using Google Maps for that as well. What's around here, what's within a reasonable distance of here that is open right now and may be good. And then you pick one, you show to your friends, and you go there and you have a fun time. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is potentially the feature that I most use on Google Maps. It's discovering places, the discoverability of restaurants, the discoverability of things to do, photo spots or anything like that. It's It feels like it's a go-to place when you're traveling. And I'm reflecting back into how was that before? People would just rely a lot on recommendations, which is similar in a way, but now we rely on like a more, a better sample with like more people just uh, recommending a place. But maybe you still consider a lot of like mouth to mouth recommendations nowadays, but still before I think 
the travel agencies. When I walk by and I see a travel agency, I'm like, what is that for? Why do people even need this? And now I reflecting back, it's like, yeah, I think they would actually be quite useful without Google Maps. So for organizing trips, as you say, for seeing what's actually open now, what's available, definitely Google Maps and the similar apps are hard to beat, impossible to beat. Like humans are never gonna be better than you. Will this place be open at that time? But as it comes to reviews, then at that point, it gets a bit hazy. I do find that sometimes I can go to a Google Maps high rated place and I'm not gonna like it. And conversely, that I'm gonna go into a more mid place and I'm actually gonna love it. And that one supposedly has the taste maps as well that's trying to understand what I like, but I find that's not as good, especially when traveling to places that are way different than maybe the core Google Maps audience, like the selection bias of who leaves the reviews is like people that are willing to use Google Maps here are probably maybe tourists, maybe British or uh, American tourists. And maybe that's not my taste profile. So I'd rather see reviews just from the locals, which usually you can only do if you were to do the thing you did in Japan, which is crash a few bars and make a few connections and then ask what's the real stuff around here. Yeah. It took me a while in Japan also to understand how people review things. And I think this is everywhere I travel. People with different thresholds for reviews. Like in Brazil, for example, things are higher rates. You see something between 4.5 and 5 a lot and with a lot of reviews because I feel like culturally people feel bad of being like a lower than four review and in japan people didn't feel that bad of giving a lower review i think the biggest criteria they had was based on value for money so it was like it could have been like an amazing food best food in your life but if it was a bit more expensive than general than average they would give like lower rating so it's mm. always about the value for money so it's like if it's super cheap and the food is slightly above average the place would have like super high reviews. So this is like a lot of cultural differences and reviews for sure. Interesting. Something I learned recently is that the Michelin star reviews never base on the presentation in theory. Like, of course, chefs will say that you also eat with your eyes first. You see the food and you salivate. So the presentation must matter. But in the guidelines for the Michelin restaurants, it's never how does it look? How was the service? It's all about the food that you have in front of you. So I guess on those places, it would be what's the quality of the food, but also what's the value of the food? Am I getting more for less? And that lead to higher ratings. Yeah, exactly. And with the photos, it's something I use a lot as well. Just Google Maps is all about web 2.0, as we said, and it's user-generated content and it grew like crazy every day. People just post pictures and reviews and make it more useful with all the generated content. And something for restaurants is to see the, the picture of the food, see like the dishes and how they look like because normally menus wouldn't have pictures although it's something I love when I go to a restaurant and a menu has pictures and you go and you open Google Maps and see how does this dish look like and probably someone took a picture of it. Yeah on the menus it's like it needs a spoiler alert like a spoiler button it's hidden by default if you want to be surprised on how it looks but if you want to know then you click this and you see what happens and of course it's very useful because you can see what is recommended what the people who live in the reviews actually ate and it's an actual real person that took the picture it's not like a stage photo backstage with great lights maybe different ingredients like propping things up it's a real thing you see it if it looks appetizing you order it and you're happy google maps is way more than just directions as we start diving in but it is the biggest point of sale for them is the directions and getting people around in traffic or in public transport or in any other way possible so 
clearly, if we didn't have Google Maps and uh, similar, like the, our life would change dramatically. But uh, what would you say is a top one feature? Like if you could only have the navigation or you could only have the user reviews, which one? would you pick or maybe something else other than those two? You can't replace navigation, right? It's, it, can't, it, it must be the, the best feature, like getting you around and, like, and have like there's this real time updates and knowing if the, the roads are open and knowing like the timetables and things like that. So All right, navigation, navigation without knowing whether the place is gonna be open or not. So separating those two, like whether the opening hours is a separate feature to the navigation, how to get there. So which one would you pick? from those two? It's a very difficult choice, but I, I would say I'll choose navigation because the others we can somewhat replace maybe with some other tools and maybe with less friction by calling a place how it used to be before, are you open? And I think navigation should be of Google Maps there. I agree. Without navigation, I wouldn't be able to make it to the place in time before it closes anyway, so it wouldn't matter. Cool. Any other top Google Maps features that you'd like to highlight? I think we we highlighted quite a few good ones. The fact that we can re review anywhere, it's great, but it's also really weird. I saw a review today of the Norwegian sea and oh. someone said, nice sea, very salty, five stars. So let's see where I'm from. I love Google Maps because uh, I can show people where I'm originally from because I say Paros and they may think Paris in France, but no, it's Paros, Greece, a little island. And uh, only one of those tavernas have uh, Pop, uh, reviews that pop up but all of them that are by my house are quite nice there are like thousands of them here and yeah I guess before this happened in Google Maps there was TripAdvisor that you'd use to be able to see the reviews of a place and try to have a hit list of the things that you want to see but there's always some controversy from the people running the restaurants saying oh this person didn't actually order or this is an affair review and put it down and of course, you do need a great way to be able to moderate this, but you should never give in to the restaurants that uh, want to, of course, preserve their image and they want to see the five stars and people to come there. It's just all about keeping everyone honest here. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yelp and TripAdvisor and things like that are still possibilities and, and places to look for reviews like that. Isn't Yelp what uh, Google Maps is using behind the scenes? Or is that Apple Maps? Oh no, Apple Maps is the one that has uh, Yelp. I see. But I think what Google Maps provides you is a one-stop shop, right? You see the directions, you see the places, information, you see the pictures, and you also get the review. So it's all in one. How would you review a beach? So you can search for, yeah, you search for the place and then sometimes we will allow you. No, you personally, like the other person leaving a review and the 110 people leaving a review of uh, the beach in front of my house in Greece, in Paris, like uh, how would you rate this? Like uh, how, uh, what would be there? We know what we value when it comes to food and a taverna, but how would you rate beach? I guess the, the colors, is it clean? Like that sort of thing. Makes sense, really. That's what people did with the Norwegian sea. They said, very salty, five stars. Sometimes <laughs> people like salty places. Made me thirsty, it was too salty. But yeah, there must be like a level of magnitude where beats, okay, you can you can rate. Like sea, maybe it's a bit too much. Although I would be able to say that the Ionian Sea, for example, is less windy, so better for sailing than the Cyclades, which are famously super windy. So if you don't know what you're doing, you probably shouldn't be sailing there. If you're looking for a still time, if you're looking to recreate uh, famous movies like The Castaway, then maybe that's where you should be going. 
Yeah, and I, I don't think uh, Google allows you to review countries, which is probably a good thing. Don't, yeah, they want to avoid hate speech for sure. Yeah. For small features that we never talk about, I did mention that Google Earth is the one that has the cool views that do pan as you look. And nowadays they even do the drone style shot of things, which is not doing it for me now. But hey, that's fair enough. But do you know that Apple Maps has the London Eye spinning and small little landmarks like that? Oh, Easter eggs. They, these are the perfect apps for it. They they are quite neat. You can see the London Eye spinning, and I'm not sure what the other Easter eggs they have, but they are neat. Like when you use them and you notice them, you're like, that's cute, but it's definitely not a setting feature. It's not like, oh, I need, you need to switch to Apple Maps because uh, the London Eye is uh, spinning there. Yeah, that's a feature creep for sure. If you're MVPing something, it's like you have to spin. We can't release until these things. If you can't see the Sagrada Familia being built in the real time, if you can't see the cranes like putting stuff on, no, we cannot do it. It's all simulation because the pictures on Google Maps, they are updated between one and three years on average. So yeah, you never get like, maybe you're lucky and you're getting like a very recent picture and maybe the most popular spots in the world get updated like pictures. Yeah, definitely for when I was living in Greece, I'd be eagerly awaiting for updated SatNav pictures and it never come. But it's always fun to see landmarks being built, for example, where you can see something being built, like a new stadium. Now it's up, people are in there and you go to Google Maps and it's still construction. Or for Bishop's Gate as well in London, a huge building that is now up. You could see it slowly being built and every like a year or two, you get the update of the latest state of it. It's very good. And how crazy is Street View, right? They mapped most streets in the world by putting a car driving around or some walking with a camera in the head. It's pretty insane. Yeah, we've managed to make it this far without talking about Street View, where you can drop your person or uh, click on any place that you're in Google Maps, click something, and then you go to the Street View that the Google car has gone there, has gotten a 360 view, and then you can be there as a real person from street level. That's why they call it street view. It's really an insane work do that and to have done that in so many places. And, and it even goes like underwater sometimes. Yeah, I guess they were on a boat. <laughs> this time Google with the Google badge, you can see the guy has a Google badge. The Google Carmobile can turn into a boat and uh, take these lovely pictures from the lake. Uh, they go on the boats, they go in submarines, they go on cars, and they essentially take pictures of every corner of the world. So would you say if you're building a Google Maps competitor, is Street View MVP feature, we need to have this or else we cannot launch, we'll be destroyed. Oh, it's not an MVP feature, I think. And I think the cost to actual value to customers, I'm not sure. To, the cost to actually map or, and take pictures of streets and every corner that wants to be mapped seems quite high for the value that actually delivers. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, you can just link to Google Street View at that point. Uh, you can't have that be your market feature because they have such a head start. They have an army of automated cars taking the pictures now. You'll never be able to catch up with their street view. So you must look into something else to have it be your unique selling point. For sure. And Google is based on user-generated content as well, Google Maps. And you could, we could think that 
people a lot of people are taking uh, 360 p uh, pictures now and this is actually being fed into street view so you can it's also google a lot user generated content in that way should we pivot into our own feature clips our ideas to make google maps even better or maybe usps for if you were to do your google maps competitor to try it but if you were what would be super cool to have let's go let's go do you have any it's you'd a, like to start with it's a very complete app but yeah I have a few ideas and the first ones I think I'm going to stay away from AI and AR I know. because the last episodes we've been heavy on AI and AR but there are little things that we can do that, that would be fun but not sure if it would make much value for all the customers but one thing that you mentioned is like you were waiting for the updated pictures or the satellite pictures of your area in Greece and of the islands and one thing that would be nice is like to be able to time travel and see the pictures from like years ago and then go through the years. I think a lot of like blogs and websites does that and then they keep the pictures, but not, I'm not sure and I couldn't find a way to do that in Google Maps. It would be nice to see on Street View, for example, how things change and, and then when you're visiting that place because you have the Google timeline that shows your latest visits and the places you've been ever if you allow Google to keep that data and you can see when, how it used to look when you've visited the place and how it looks. Yeah, for sure. Time travel Street View or time travel Google Maps would be awesome. That would be my number one feature as well. But you can go further with this. Of course, like the street view is already like prime material for AR. You want to put in a headset and just look around like this. And they do have the updated picture, so you can probably see it through the ages as far as Google Maps has been around. But could they do something where they try to recreate how it would have been in the past, like 100 years ago, 500 years ago, 2,000 years ago? You could go to the Parthenon, the Acropolis, and see 2,000 years ago, it had uh, a golden statue in there. What's that about? That would be extra feature on this extra cool feature that you already mentioned. So time travel, but further back, not just from real photos, try to create how it used to look hundred years ago and more. That's pretty awesome. I know there are some companies that try to create virtual tourism with an app and then you navigate the city by yourself and then you point to things and you will see the ruins of a place turning into how the place actually looks like with like AR. So in a similar way, you time travel and you learn and you do like this free walking tours with the virtual tourism app. But it makes a lot of sense for Google Maps and Street View to do that. And it'll be awesome to, to see those. Rome is another amazing place to do something like that in because it's full of wonderful ruins and walking in Rome always leaves me awestruck. It's literally awesome, not in the, the way that we usually more casually do it nowadays. It's just inspiring. And being able to see what it used to look like when this was modern, when this was just built, would be insane. Good start for future creeps. You mentioned that there are some comments that are looking into it. Do you think like it's in our near future? Is it not as uh, insane tech as uh, we think that you'd be able to say, here's the current uh, photo. Here's some things we know about how people used to dress by back then, how they used to paint things. So try to make a picture, like try to make a realistic mock-up of how it could have been back then. I think it's we are very near that point. Um, yeah, when I ask for uh, generative art of a place in the 40s, for example, I asked for my hometown, Florianópolis in Brazil, uh, how it used to look in the 40s in uh, oil painting. And it, it gives me a pretty like decent view of that. And I think, yeah, we are not so far from that point where you, you can actually generate how the world used to look like 
in, in an approximate good enough way. I guess the danger there is that some information will get lost or will lose the perception of reality. As it happens with humans, really, your memory just recalls the latest instance of you trying to recall that memory. So it gets uh, more fuzzy over time. So if you ask generative AI to give you a picture of what was Florianopolis in the 40s, you'd be like, oh yeah, that looks correct. But you weren't there. And even if you were there, now it's like 80 years later and you see this and it's like, oh yeah, that looks about right. And every time you see a new picture that the generative AI does, then it looks more and more like you think it looked like back then. So you may be losing quite a lot of information. Yeah, it's all sort of a construction of how it may look like. And the problem is in the future when this start being consumed by AI and how the present looks like and how the past before the current present look like. It will be just fake on top of fake. Yeah. Currently, AI has a lot of problem with like hands and puts in extra fingers and stuff like that. So people in the future may be like, oh, cool times this 2020s. But why did everyone have like six fingers or seven fingers? When did we evolve out of that? What happened there? Yeah, it was all to type. They'll be like, oh. <laughs> Typing a lot, it makes sense. The theory checks out. Now we just talk to the computer. Yeah, no one types anymore. Now we are the computer. We just think. Yeah, true. Nice. I did love the time travel AR idea. Kind of extended to make it uh, more AR and more fake. But uh, it's a narrative, let's say it's a narrative, not fake. I will give a small one, like a convenience one, because Google Maps does have so many features as we talked about, that it's hard to say, here's a new one that I want, but I want to improve the existing ones. And one of them would be for navigation, where it does tell you, you need to go to this place and you need to turn right in like 500 meters. I would love, and I cannot believe that it hasn't been done yet, to be able to hear in three minutes, turn right because I understand three minutes and the passage of time a bit better than 500 meters when I'm cycling or when I'm in a car or uh, when I'm just uh, walking. So I'd love for the assistant to be able to tell me in three minutes turn right versus in 500 meters turn right. That makes a lot of sense because I did some research before for other products and how people, the perception of people on time versus distance. And here, yeah, exactly, that's the result. Like people understand time better than meters or miles or feet. Oh, so that's not a Johnny Quick. That's like uh, the average person does actually understand time better than uh, units. Yeah, you're, you were within the average person. Nice. Uh, another one that I'm thinking about is something that you've done already, I believe, which is the halfway pint uh, type of situation where you want to meet up with a friend, you're on place A and uh, the other friend is on place B. Like, where should we meet to catch up? And you had an app for this. Yeah, pint.london. I just started showing places that in London, I just got a, like a list of pubs and I put all in the map. So you put like two postcodes and you see the places that are in between you and someone that you're meeting. So it's a very simple app, but it was solving a problem. And actually I still get access like two years later without zero marketing. People still remember the app exists and they use it. I don't know who this person is. If you're listening to this, just let me know. It has a cool name though. Then I said like halfway pint because it made sense not necessarily that that was the literal name of the app. Yeah, the name comes from my friend Joe, who's a writer, and he comes up with every name of every app I ever built. It's nice. really good. Other hits include Tuber, which was so you tube and take the subway, take the tube, or use an Uber to go somewhere. Yeah, those, those are good ones for sure. But this is talking to Google Maps behind the scenes, right? 
Yeah, just rendering Google Maps and rendering a few spots in there. So there are quite a few apps like that that are using the Google Maps APIs, trying to combine a few other things and do something new. Uh, and uh, you have the Google Chrome extension that may place you in a random place in uh, the world every time you open a new tab. I like those. I wouldn't necessarily want them integrated to Google Maps itself, but I do think they're worth highlighting quickly. Yeah, they're nice. Should we move on to another feature creep? Please do. Right. One feature that I really like in Google Maps is showing how busy places are. It's busier than usual, less busier than usual, and things like that. And one thing that I think we could build, Johnny, and it's very interesting to have, is allow places to live stream mm -hmm. on Google Maps, like what is currently happening there? How does it look from inside the restaurant? Maybe you can blur some faces as Google does in the Google Street View. But knowing like seeing the place how it looks like is actually much better than that bar that says like busier than usual and things like that what do you think of that it's uh, very interesting because there is like a threshold of whether if a place is like too dead then you don't want to go there but if it's too busy you also don't want to go there you want to go there when it's just right so exposing that information would be cool but would it cause like the paradox of saying like oh people don't take the highway because it's full of traffic like no one takes the highway because it's always jammed and that doesn't make sense if no one really didn't take the highway then it wouldn't be jammed so exposing the information of whether this is busy or not showing that now it's empty would it cause literally no one to ever go there and that place would be empty forever if it's showing that it's at that threshold where it's awesome would it immediately become jam-packed because people would rush to get there in time i don't know but it's definitely something quite cool. And Google does offer their own cameras, which I do use at home as well. So it should be easy for them to do something like that. I'm sure lots of business would be able to have the Google product of the Google Cam. And then if Google is in there, if they have like the, if they are in the Nest ecosystem, I'm sure they can do something with Google Maps to integrate that functionality and, and just live stream what's happening there. For some people, for example, it's useful to know if the kitchen is clean and, and things like that. You put like a camera in the kitchen. We have a few friends who are chefs or children of chefs. And I think they would tell us like, never look at the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to enjoy your food, you hope that the health standards and the hygienics, you see the star ratings uh, there and uh, it should be clean. But don't look what is exactly is happening there. It may ruin your appetite. Yeah, for sure. And But I think the busier than usual is also like showing how busy the places are and expanding to live stream maybe. And one other idea is to show busier than usual, but with like people that are like you. That's <laughs> like, I'm feature creeping a lot. And that's like, so that's probably not going to happen. Might be inappropriate, but it goes into like, ah, these people that are there, they have the same political views as you. So Yeah, usually we have awesome, like diversity and inclusion ideas. Here's how to make things more diverse and more inclusive. This one's the opposite. This one is like how to hang out with people exactly like you. Yeah, it's like, get, let's get super biased and just, <laughs> this place is busy with people with like left Perfect echo chamber. <laughs> yeah. So maybe not that one. So live streaming is definitely cool. Do you think the kids nowadays or the people nowadays would be willing to go to a place that is live stream? Would that make it more exciting to them? Or would they be like, ah, if there's live stream happening there, I don't want to show up. I'm not going to visit this place. For me, it's hard to answer. I don't understand the kids nowadays. How about you? If you saw that it had like a notice outside a restaurant and it's saying this is getting live streamed on Google Map. Would you be like more willing to get in there or not? I, th I think so. I have this filter that's a black box that I don't understand how it works. But when I see a place, I feel like it's something I want to do, something a place I want to be, but or maybe a place I don't want to be. But I don't know exactly the criteria that my head processes. You know it when you <laughs> but, see it. Yeah, it's like I know when I look at it for that 
thing that I do, it would be super useful and I'll definitely use it. Yeah, I am a nerd, so I'd be like, live streaming, that's that's new, let's do it. New tech, let's see how it works, let's take it out for sure. I'd be maybe less willing to do it for restaurants because eating is awkward and watching people eat is awkward. But if it's something like a pub, like fun conversations, if it's something competitive like pool or ping pong or something like that, definitely I'd be willing to that. I'd be more likely to visit a live streamed ping pong table tennis place than a non-live streamed one. For sure. And also like bars and stuff, I also like that. But it could show the like an animation. You get the live stream video and you turn into sort of animation so you don't actually show the real faces and you show some sort of characters cartoonish style. So you don't expose anyone and you don't you don't see anyone eating weird or doing anything weird. It's just cartoons. But you have an idea how the place looks like. That's cool. So running through like a cartoon filter or something that uh, has the parameters. I think some places do that. I remember for the Olympics, the last Olympics, there were quite a few sites like uh, the Times that were doing of the race, like the swim race, the any race really. And it had cartoon avatars of the people and it's just behind the scenes, all the times, all the people and you just saw them going on the track and who won. But I think that's something you would be able to do with tech, like a SimCity or City Skylines. Like you have the data, how busy it is, and you just fill the cartoon avatars there. And you, maybe you even know what they order, but you don't. You make it cuter when they eat, like how Garfield is cute and uh, more abstract than uh, how a literal person is. Yeah, I think it's super fit nowadays. And maybe Google will come up with something similar soon. Yeah, that'd be cool. Now I'm all in. I was curious about the live stream idea, but thinking that you can have an AI layer on top, something that would obfuscate the people and make them be cartoon avatars of themselves or not necessarily representative of themselves, but just of the general situation, that'd be awesome. Yeah, and I think that's uh, that's in general uh, practice that's, that AI makes it better. It makes more things possible. Just removing the fear of exposing people and then you just replace with something else. And I think that, that makes more ideas possible like this one. Nice. So an idea that I have, again, it's not as ambitious. It's mostly like, let's make an existing feature better. But it would be either I've finished my stay in a place, a restaurant or wherever, I gave five stars, and then Google Maps pops up saying, did you know that there's a very similar place in Hong Kong that's uh, like this? So a similar place to the one I've just been that's within my range or not somewhere else in the world. I think that'd be cool. And that may be inspiring for me to schedule a trip there. And conversely, if I am actually in another place, like the test profile that they have for Google Maps to be able to tell me You've been to this restaurant and that restaurant, you like those. Around here, there are these types of situations that you may like. So like the taste mats that they already have, but better, I suppose. Yeah, I do think Google does something similar with like places you've been. Oh, this is similar to that place that you've been. In Google Maps currently, I've seen that before. It's like the Netflix feature of this is 98% match of your taste and things like that, suggesting things. But yeah, I like the idea of after your review, you get like, oh, this place is exactly the same as in the, the other place in Hong Kong. You should just fly to Hong Kong now and go to that. Yeah, that's more new. The taste profile in Matsin is exposed. I don't think they expose quite well why they think that this is 97% similar to your taste. They don't tell you, oh, it is because you went there and there. They know, but I, I find it hard to unearth that information from them. But yeah, it, it's more fun to say, I just went there, left a good review. Here's a suggestion of where you could go somewhere way else in the world that you wouldn't be thinking of yourself. 
Yeah, and just a link towards something that Google been trying to do, which is vacation on Google Maps, trying to make you to go to other places and give you like badges and things for reviewing places. But I think, do you think there's more gamification that can be done on Google Maps, maybe as a feature creep? Yeah, for sure. What was the name of Foursquare? Of course, that was a big thing for a time. And still for us engineers, uh, use case of uh, why you shouldn't unbundle your uh, unique selling points like that. But uh, that's by the by, Foursquare was huge. You were supposed to check in in the places that you frequent. And if you check in a lot, you become the mayor and you're like the hero of the place. And there are lots of ways you can expand on that. And uh, it was one of the earliest super successful examples of uh, gamification. So even just that in Google Maps, would be quite cool for sure. Yeah, exactly. I think there's lo lots that can be done. I remember some at some stage they put like Mario Kart on Google Maps that you could play on the streets uh, of talking things like that. That's a different kind of Pac-Man as well was a big one. Yeah, Pac-Man. There are lots of those little things that can be done once you have control of the maps of the world. Yeah, I guess Pokemon Go in Google Maps would also be like that. So if you are near a place instead of the Pokemon Go app or any game app, if you're near a place in Google Maps, then you can catch Pokemon or you can catch a specific thing, unlock a bat, something like that. I think that would help driver engagement with the Google Maps, but is it something that I want really? I don't know. I do like the brand partnerships, but uh, I would be loving to catch Pokemon well, uh, when I'm out and about, but there is a dedicated app for that. So I don't think Google Maps would be able to absorb it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That makes sense. Are there any gamification features that you're thinking about that we didn't mention? Not really. I just thought it was a good trigger for idea. Yeah. People voting your reviews and you getting the bands that you are a great like guide or tutor or reviewer. That gives you some sense of uh, compliments. But I don't think that's heavily exposed in Google Maps. Maybe because the review functionality isn't like the prime thing, but maybe it should be. What, besides the reviewing things, is there anything else that would be gamified in Google Maps? Maybe like things that are walking distance or distance walked or things you've done, things you, the, the exploration right. of the world as a person um, could be something that could be gamified. So another idea I had for Google Maps is educational for Google Maps to be able to tell you, oh, you're trying to go there, but there is a similar place to that somewhere else in the world. So if you're close to the Eiffel Tower, then it would tell you, there is also this picture that looks very similar to where you are now. And it's actually like in Las Vegas, where there's like a replica of it. And I think that'd be a neat way to be able to expand your horizons. And of course, there is a game that we may play later. GeoGuessr, those uh, types of games where they just show you a picture of uh, Street View and you try to guess where you are in the world. I would like a surprise me section of Google Maps that would actually be keeping score of how well I'm able to guess where I am in the world. But as I said, there are now dedicated uh, games that are doing just that. Yeah, sure. Should we just drop in another feature creep? Please do. All right. So I think a lot about teleportation and because I think that would solve so many problems, also cause so many problems. So I always think about maybe I should write a science fiction or something about that because it's incredible how would be the most disruptive thing to ever exist in the world if you could teleport somewhere. It would solve the, the whole environmental problem of traveling by a car or a plane or anything that, that can disrupt the environment. And it would cause a lot of problems because people, if you just rematerialize yourself somewhere, people would believe, ah, oh, maybe it's not yourself. Where's your soul? And also people could be maybe in the same spot of the world at the same time. 
so that's the thing that you mentioned like it can cause pro the highway problem of oh the highway is always busy so let's everyone avoid the highway and go through the small roads and then the small roads are busy so teleportation is like where's the funniest place in the world right now the most fun place let's go berlin is a rave so then everyone teleports there then seven billion people just fall on, on top of each let alone of people that may want to teleport inside banks and uh, get all the money and teleport out it will cause a lot of problems but that let's roll back a bit into google maps and can you i think maybe just like a fun app where you teleport me to the where things are happening in the world right now the busy the busier as usual feature teleport me the the busiest place right now just drop me in there tell me what's going on and and just show me some simulation of the things that are going down there so i guess you're not saying you are in street view you click a button and then you teleport there i think that's beyond the risk of tech of our current tech i don't think we'd be able to see this anytime soon but you are saying click a button and then i'm in a random street view place like in a not a random one one where it's really happening like a really vibing place in the world right now yeah exactly and it would show you some sort of simulation of why is it vibing and what's happening there all right i like that so not surprise me somewhere in the world is vibing you're in there why is it vibing maybe like uh, it uh, gives you hints or it just drops you there in that place and you're trying to understand why is it vibing maybe you get it maybe you see everyone dancing maybe there is like a nice sunset but then after a while it will tell you oh it's actually vibing because x reason if you're not able to get the vibes just from the view Anyway, I just wanted to drop teleportation in the episode. We haven't, done, we haven't done teleportation yet. Teleportation, of course, would be a disruptive feature, but I think it's beyond our risk. And philosophical discussion as well. There is so much material that is going into, like, what happens in Star Trek when they teleport? Like, is the soul traveling with them? Do they have a soul? Does the original person get killed and then you have a clone there? Would you still do it if that was the case? Main questions there. Wait. wait. I imagine, like, the, the future, if this any like anything like this happened, it would have the people that are pure and never teleported and then they'll be like oh, i'm the original form i just don't teleport i'm a non-teleporter wake up people if you teleport you die so you shouldn't do it it has always been and i think people are wising up to this thinking that teleportation is the op superpower to choose if you are to ask if you have a genie and it tells you i'm going to give you one superpower teleportation easy from what's in Dragon Ball, back in the day, I know that the most powerful ability would be to be able to instantly transmit somewhere else in the world. If I didn't have to worry about, did my soul come with me? In Dragon Ball, definitely, it's the same person, so it's fine. Yeah, that makes sense. Any more Fister Creeps? I think we're good. All right, I think with this, we're done for the day. Anything else you'd like to raise about Google Maps? I think that's it. I think we covered quite a lot, and I'm sure there's lots more to cover on Google Maps we could. It's an app that encapsulates the entire world. The world and more in Google Maps and Google Earth and the similar cartography ones. We didn't talk at all about cartography, which uh, I do miss, and it's like a very big thing. But maybe next time. As always, let us know in the comments or reach out to, in regards to what you'd like us to cover next. We are technical people, but we are willing to talk about marketing stuff about everything really and we love covering things that you're interested in so let us know it's been a pleasure today joao as always great episode i hope everyone has a lovely day any last words from you joao all good thanks so much johnny thanks everyone for watching see you next time bye